welcome to the first PropTech Ramble. My name's Michael Grant. I'm the COO of Metricus, a smart buildings software platform based in the UK. Uh, we deliver projects all over the world, but our HQ is in London. I thought I'd start the PropTech Ramble because of the amount of people I meet in the industry, uh, customers and people who have lots of questions, and we don't always get to cover off those questions in the meetings we have. Uh, so I thought if I started to talk about it, started to talk in general about the industry, uh, this is all my own opinion. Other people may have very different opinions and people might disagree with me. Uh, my teenage children always disagree with me, so other people might do as well. Uh, but it's it's to kind of talk about what is going on in industry, what we're seeing, where we think the industry is going as a business and, and myself, uh, and just to get out there if people want to listen or not. Uh, because we are asked generally as a company and when we're out at meetings, I'm asked at events that I go to as well. And it just sometimes you should just share knowledge, share some information. So that's what the PropTech Ramble is going to be about. Uh, the first one, which is this one, uh, is I'm going to cover uh, the industry that, that PropTech is. Uh, it's quite young. Uh, it's how big the opportunity is. The people that are embracing it uh, the people that are fighting it, uh, where the space is going, and the value proposition around it. So if I start with number one, our, our industry or the prop tech industry and, and where it is, it, in my opinion, it's it's changing rapidly. A lot of the companies involved in prop tech, sensor companies uh, specifically, uh, are quite young. It's not like the voice over IP, the networking, firewall or routing and switching industry with companies like Cisco that have been around 20 plus years. The prop tech space, in its in its true term, it's been around for a very long time, but with the, you know, the advancement in technology and very small sensors, some the size of a Scrabble tile that do temperature monitoring, door sensing, uh, humidity and some other cool stuff. They've only been around two, three, four, or five years, and that's still a startup phase, as, as most people know. But some of the some of the companies in this space are coming from the residential slash consumer sector. So, indoor air quality is an example that's growing rapidly in our industry, and a lot of the sensors that we have and we look at and we look at different sensors all day, every day. Uh, as a company, we are sensor agnostic hardware agnostic but the companies that are in this space are quite young they're quite young it was residential now they've realized the commercial they're getting a lot more traction and there's a lot of money to be made in the commercial space because unlike a home where you might need one or two a building uh, if you stick to the well standard you need one every 348 square meters and if you're talking 10 20 30 40 50 story buildings there's a lot of sensors to be sold uh, and that also leads to some of the issues that happen within the industry. The younger companies don't have the infrastructure behind them like the bigger companies like the Cisco's and the Dell's. So setup was made for residential, not commercial. So when you're setting up hundreds of these things and not two or three, you start to see flaws in the setup process. Making that setup process fit for purpose for commercial and large-scale deployments is something that needs to change quite rapidly for some of the younger companies that are moving from residential to commercial. If they can do that, mass onboarding, uh, easy use, uh, easy firmware updates and deployments, 
then they'll be very successful. It, it is a very different space going from residential with one or two sensors to large-scale buildings where there are hundreds of sensors. Uh, the ones that can do that and grow and develop quite quickly will be very successful in this space because this space is growing very quickly. And the most important part in all of this, of course, is the customer and, and what the customer sees from a, a deployment perspective and a customer experience perspective, obviously, the the next most important part for a customer or probably the most important part for a customer. Get that right and they're, uh, they're away. Number two, the opportunity and how big it is. You know, Cisco, John Chambers a few years ago said 20 billion devices or 50 billion devices connected by 2020. I don't think that number's actually been hit yet, but it is a big opportunity and it's growing faster and faster. And, and when the companies see the ROI, for this type of investment, it, it does become a very simple uh, investment to make. Proving an ROI is, is actually very easy. It's one of the easiest ROIs I've seen in, in years. I've come from unified comms, video conferencing, uh, routing and switching, data centers. This space has quite a rapid ROI when you're talking about small projects delivering a, 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 a value back to the customer. Um, we had that with a large UK organization that we're now doing larger rollouts with. So the opportunity for everyone involved it is, is quite large. Uh, where the space is heading, I'm going to change my order from before because it's a good follow-on from, from the opportunity. And where the space is heading because of that opportunity in the UK and Europe, what we are seeing is around occupancy, capacity, indoor air quality, and smart maintenance or planned preventative maintenance. In the US, uh, what I'm seeing and the people I'm talking to in the US and the customers uh, and some of the other partners we're starting to look at working with, it's still a lot about energy because uh, the government give you energy rebates. So there's a lot of incentive to try and reduce energy in the US. Uh, that's easily done. If you do a, build, a building management system review, you can generally save between 15 and 20% on your energy uh, bills. But in the UK and Europe, it is around occupancy, capacity, and indoor air quality, and people understanding their space better and how it works. So understanding how many people are on the floor, are you within your building capacity tolerance for the health and safety exec, but also do you actually need that much space? And then going down to the next level of monitoring desks and meeting rooms. Uh, and and we, see, we see a lot of that. Uh, Beyond where the space is heading from that, I think it's also now starting to go outdoors. Uh, and we're, asked, we're being asked for outdoor sensors. We're, we're also looking at the construction industry. Uh, some of the construction companies are now coming to us and asking us what, what we should do. Uh, so putting solutions together for that is becoming interesting as well. But I'm not going to give too much of that away because uh, as Metricus, we are starting to build solutions for that and a few other areas. So I'll keep some of that uh, uh, under the hood. Uh, the people embracing the industry are the people that are embracing what's coming and what's going on. We are finding a lot of people embracing it from the head of real estate or the head of buildings. Uh, we're also finding, obviously, the CFOs. Uh, some CIOs and CTOs are also embracing it a lot, uh, and they're understanding that there's real money to be saved and real cost benefit to come back to the business and, and you know, on, back on the bottom line for shareholders. If you can reduce a building, if you're, if you're a tenant and you have eight floors in a building 
and you put occupancy and capacity sensors in, and given that the London desk price on average is about £10,000 a desk per year, if you have 400 desks on a floor and you can uh, monitor those floors and generally if your capacity is at 50 or 60%, you can give a floor back to a landlord so you can save a hell of a lot of money. So people embracing it are people that understand the real ROI. Some of the people fighting it and it's not because it's not because they don't want to do it. I think uh, some of this, and, and I've had this firsthand in a meeting, is that people are worried about their jobs. So people are worried about being replaced by technology. I had a guy worked for a law firm that I spoke to in a meeting. He said it's one of the best things he's ever seen. And he loves smart buildings and smart technology, but he would never roll it out because he'd be worried about his job and, and more importantly for him, his team's job. So he had four people that worked for him and he thought if he only needed three, that would be a hard thing for him to deal with. So there are people embracing it. There are people fighting it. And that will always be the case. It's the case with everything. It's the case with video communications came out and people always love to travel, get on a plane, go and spend time in an airport, have a beer, stay in a hotel, you know, go out for dinner. People didn't want video comms. Now video comms is everywhere. Coronavirus is helping with that. Zoom's Zoom video comms, their share price has gone up by about $40 in the less than a month. So there will be people that fight it and people that embrace it. Uh, lastly, just to cover off uh, uh, the first podcast, uh, I wanted to cover the value of prop tech. And, and it's different for different people. And people say, you know, what is a smart building? How do you digitize a building? And, and I say to people, you don't have to digitize every floor or every part of a building from the car park to the front door to the entrance to the, you know, the desks, the meeting rooms, you know, the BMS, you know, the toilet doors. You don't have to digitize everything for it to be a smart building or, or, a, or a digital building or to add value. One of the first projects we did for a large UK financial uh, organization, they spent £6,000 and saved a and saved a million pounds in three months. So that was part of a digital building and the value was there very quickly. Uh, another one that we're doing with another customer, they currently have sites that cost them about 10,000 pounds a year to manage. We're putting a solution together that will help them manage that for 9,000 pounds over three years. So the value and the ROI is there straight away. There is a lot of value in this space and, and as value is with everything, and I'm probably teaching people to suck eggs here, which I'm not, not trying to, is the value in this space is about reducing costs, whether that be costs in operations, so understanding how your building is performing, connecting to a building management system and pulling the data out for fan call units and air handling units, and understanding a change in parameters before it becomes an issue. That's a change in operational costs and expenditure. There are reductions in costs for understanding your space requirements being able to hand a floor back as i mentioned earlier to a landlord taking seven floors instead of eight there's a hell of a lot of savings there helping the business we work with uh, the met office they are a public sector organization they want to help the people within their business they're not like a private organization they can't give everyone loads of money uh, but what they want to do is make it the best possible place for people to work and for people to want to come to work every day. And for them, it's about indoor air quality. 
they're also helping they're also working out how they can make operational cost savings but the big play for them and the really important thing for them is the people within their business so taking care of them and and driving the quality of air and making sure the indoor air quality is fantastic in that building so helping people in the business doesn't necessarily always need to be financial uh helping businesses make better informed decisions that comes from lots of areas that can be how many people are on the floor what's the temperature in the building how is my fan call unit performing do i send an engineer now or in three weeks when the maintenance is due so providing data to make better business decisions uh, and the last one and, I, and I'll, I'll talk about this one specifically because these are some of the people that uh, are not necessarily embracing it they're not fighting it but they're, they're some of them are uh, apprehensive about the technology coming into their area is uh, the FMs and operations teams. There's a lot of value to help make these guys more proactive than reactive. A lot of them, a lot of these guys have to wear their underpants on the outside all the time because buildings are quite old and stuff breaks all the time. They're the people that get called up, screamed at, get this fixed immediately. But there's a lot of help that prop tech can provide those people, you know, connecting to a BMS, providing better sensors, providing more sensors than, than people currently have in buildings, in equipment. You know, some of the sensors I mentioned earlier, the size of a Scrabble tile, you can stick those in an air handling unit. You can put vibration sensors on, on motors. You can do lots of things. So the value back to those guys is helping take some of the stress away of their day-to-day -day jobs. And by doing that, you'll also then help lower the operating costs. So... There is a lot of value in this space. There is a lot of value to be driven back to everyone in the everyone in the life cycle of prop tech, whether it's ag smart agriculture uh, and looking at making uh, helping with healthier chickens, whether it's people in indoor air quality, whether it's energy reduction, whether it's occupancy and capacity, uh, whether it's you know understanding remote sites whether it's under, you know having a better uh, plan preventative maintenance plan or a condition-based maintenance plan where you can go and react to a change before it becomes an issue. There, there is a lot of value. Uh, that's it. That's everything I had written down for the first PropTech ramble. Uh, I may have rambled a bit, hopefully not too much. Uh, I will get PropTech ramble number two underway and get it out very soon. Thanks very much for listening. Hopefully uh, it was worth listening to. I would welcome all feedback, good, bad, and ugly, because it will help me with the next one or the next one after that. Thanks very much for listening.